You're listening to the Warriors of Dystonia podcast, a podcast sharing the stories and journeys of people whose lives are affected by dystonia. My name is Carl and I'm the creator of Warriors of Dystonia. I've had dystonia since 2007 and I started this project to spread awareness of the condition. Each podcast will be a chat with someone who either has dystonia, cares for someone with dystonia, a representative from a dystonia charity, or perhaps a dystonia specialist. Warriors of Dystonia is all about awareness. The following podcast is with my friend Eugene, who lives in Alberta, Canada. This is his journey, a journey that led to him having an amputation as a way of treating his dystonia. Awesome to finally meet you, man. Yes, pleasure. Yeah, no, I I remember, you know, I can still remember the day that I reached out to you because I'd only just got set up on Instagram and I'd seen your profile on there and I was like, I need to talk to this guy, you know, because I was coming up with the idea for my book at the time. So, you know, I'd love to get awareness out there. So, you know, not just for dystonia, but I don't want anybody to make the same mistake I did and go the surgical route because, God damn, man, it ruined my life. It, it started in 2007. I was uh, getting out of a truck to pick up a piece of paper that blew out. Mm-hmm. And I stepped in a gopher hole that was covered in snow. And, uh, you know, you hurt. I hurt my ankle. You know, no big deal. You just you finish your thing. And anyway, when we got back to the shop, when I pulled my, when I tried to take my boot out, my foot under my boot, that's when I collapsed. And then, wow. then I knew, you know, something, I thought I just sprained it really bad. We went to the, the hospital, I think, day later and they said that I tore all my muscles and uh, ligaments so you know that's fine they booked a surgery and it was after the first surgery that I just felt like a I don't know like almost like a pull um while my foot was in the cast like uh, you know those air boot casts I could feel a bit of pulling and I just thought that was normal and then when they took the boot off, my foot started to slowly invert. They didn't know what was going on. So they went yeah. back in for a second surgery and uh, tied, they drilled a hole through my bone to tighten my ligaments and stuff up, I guess, really tight. As soon as they took that cast off, my foot, my foot same thing, went back inverted. So then they just shot me from specialist to, to specialist eventually somebody diagnosed me with having dystonia now for him he said it was for all the neurologists i've seen they're all the same thing it's just it's very bizarre a case they've never nobody's ever seen anything like this so i worked i actually i I got a different job i went operated heavy equipment so that's a lot easier on my ankle and stuff like that from 2000 2000 I don't know, 2008 to 2017, I worked on the oil rigs, uh, operating every equipment. They dealt with the pain, you know, with my dystonia, I figured out a way to manage, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a size 11 foot. And I figured that if I get a, I figured out if I, if I get a size 13, it gives my foot enough room to, curve so i got away with it for for many years i just 
And then one day, I, it, was, it was winter time, and I flipped off some rig matting. And I, I don't really, I don't remember anything. I knocked myself out. My the, the consultant's the one that found me on the ground, got me on my feet. And then uh, my dystonia really locked, it locked up, basically. Couldn't uh, unfree it, I guess, because my muscles were so, just so uh, spasming so bad. My, my neurologist, my, my specialist said, well, you know, I don't know what else to do. Let's just amputate, you know, and then they, you know, I'm from the leg uh, beneath the knee. The spasms that I'm doing, it's just, that's like all day, every day. It never stops, man, all the way up. So they, uh, they thought, well, amputate. And, you know, I, I get the idea, you know, amputate, throw on a prosthetic, good to go, right? After they amputated, almost immediately, my leg just started to hop. They gave me more meds to, you know, to calm me down and whatnot. Eventually, it just, you know, about two to three days it took. And then my leg just started just hopping like it does. And the spasms, I don't even know how to describe them. Like the muscle cramps that I get are uh, like almost like a bad Harley horse. It can go away. And then the, the, the Jesus, you and I, these, these, where I, where I move back and stuff, it's the jolt, um, like almost like a, a, a shock, that gish, 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 firing all the time, eh? And some are bigger than the others. It's a battle on all kinds of gavel pens. And I think I'm 20, uh, 2,800 milligrams of gavel pentan, hydromorphine, Ketamine, Dilaudids, muscle relaxers, cannabis. Oh my yeah. God. Like, I have yeah. to admit, cannabis really kind of saved my ass a little bit. By no means is it a painkiller. I find for me, it mentally, it, it makes it a little bit easier to cope, depending on what you're, if you're smoking it or eating it, right? But, you know, I do what I can to just to get by. I, I really don't do anything. I, I'm in my bedroom all the time, man, like 24-7. When I can, when I feel good, I, I take advantage of that. But I'm not so happy because I get days where I'm not so bad. Well, not so much days, more like hours is how I live. So we know when we go out, if I have a good day with the pills, we got about four hours of good out time. Then we got to think about pulling the plug and heading back, you know. It's affected the kids. and My son... He sleeps in the same room as me. He refuses to sleep in his own room because I've been I've been taken out of the house so many so many times by ambulance, fire department. Because I'm a big man, I'm 350. When they were younger, you know, and they're only you know they're only my son just turned 13, so it it, it messed them up. My daughter she dealt with it a little better. She's 11, but mm -hmm. my son had hit him really hard, so. To this day, when he goes to get up to pee or something, he, uh, I, I'll feel him put my his hand on my face to make uh -huh. sure. It makes me cry sometimes, you know. You know, it's shit, man. It's just, it's not fair, you know. It's tough. They think it was the surgery, the first surgery. Um, right. They think that he nicked a nerve. Like, they've done research since my incident, and they found a few... Um, Dystonia cases in the, in the U.S. where the same kind of thing happened. 
So it wasn't, it's not unheard of, but it's, it's just, it's rare, I guess. I didn't find this out actually until about uh, two years ago when I had, I had a pain specialist come to my home, which was really rare for, you know, Canada. But he came okay. to the, my house and did this big interview with me and he had another uh, associate with him and they were looking through all the papers and that's when they, 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 they figured that that's when uh, it happened. It was the first surgery. He must have nicked something. And it just triggered something in my brain. And Jesus, you know, like, I, I've never heard of dystonia before uh, before this happened to me. You know, yeah. it's, it's when they said dystonia, I was like, what the, what the hell is that? It's still kind of, to this day, kind of makes me shake my head. You know, my spouse has, you know, moved almost from the spouse role to the caregiver. It's weird transitions. It's hard to explain how that happens. It's, you know, because she, yeah, she helps with every, I can't, yeah, I'd be in a lot of trouble if I was on my own. I, sometimes when I do, like, my uh, posts, I'll, I'll actually do the hashtag there. I'll put Parkinson's in it because <laughs> people just don't, they, you know, they can't relate to the two. So I, I, my, my hope is, well, if they click on Parkinson's, they can see, well, oh, wow, is it, it's kind of like that. I don't know whether people get that or not. I don't know. But you know, that's what they call it is uh, Parkinson's dirty cousin, you know. Like I said, I never heard of it. I probably never would. If, you know, if this, happened, this wouldn't have happened to me, I, I probably wouldn't still not know what Estonia is. Yeah. And it's sad because in order to get a cure or even – even a way to cope better with this, that takes money. Donations are where your money, your, all your research comes from. If you don't know about something, how are you going to donate? Donate. Donate to it. I, that's kind of a predicament for the, for the foundations like that. I don't wish this on anybody. This is a... It, it's, for me, it's the never... Never being at ease. You know, even when I'm on my good days, I have to watch. You gotta watch the way I move. If I mm-hmm. bump play a certain way, you know. And at home, and it sounds funny, but the the little the, the least I do, the better I am. So if I like like lying here like this, this is mostly what I'll do. I'll, I'll get on my floor and I'll do some exercises and whatnot. But yeah, I'm. The way I am now is I'm pretty much the way you see me all day. And everything's set up in my room. My fridge yeah. there, like a little mini fridge, so that if she goes out or something, I have everything I need. It's it's just a we- it's a weird way to live. I never I, I never thought I'd end up like this. I tell you that. Outdoor guy, tough guy back in my day and before 2017. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was quite the I was a very different person, um, and this just knocked me right down to, I don't even know myself anymore. What it's done, it's just destroyed you. Usually it takes a couple hours, and then I'll know how I'm going to be. By, by 10, 10, between 10 and noon, sounds funny, but I can tell if I'm going to have a good day or not. Yeah, um, yeah my mornings are always shitty, because I mm. don't sleep really well at night sometimes i'll go to bed at two o'clock three in the morning 
it, yeah. you know, all when my body lets me pass out. It's it's not like I can just you know put my head down and, and go to sleep. And when my leg decides to stop screwing around, <laughs> I sleep. You know, you know, a lot depends on that too. If I get a good night, I know I'll have a few hours of of good time. So it's it's really luck, man. It's sometimes I'll I'll just bite the bullet and you know I I'll go out whether I'm bouncing or not. Like I have a power wheelchair, so it's it's a lot easier to get around. But still, even then, like I, I don't want to be in public, you know, doing that, like spasming and you know, grunting yeah. and stuff like that, you know. So on a good day, I'll make sure that I'll, I'll take extra gabapentin, um, extra painkillers, to make sure that I have sufficient time with the kids, you know, because for me, it's all about the kids, right? So, um. We'll do fun anything that they want to do. Like, um, you know, last time we went to this big arcade thing, so it's I, I try to do what they want and spoil them rotten. So, on a lot, you know, they've seen a lot of stuff kids should really not have seen, you know, like when I'm really spasming to the point where we're debating the call an ambulance, it's it's hard for them, you know, whether you tell them to go in another room, I'm not quiet, you know, I'm grunting and yelling. It's, it's, it's hard for them. They've lived with it. They, you know, they were born the same year I got hurt. So we've grown up with it, but as they've gotten older, it's gotten worse, which sucks. You know, mm-hmm. when I was younger, like, like I said, I worked for years and I, a, I popped a lot of Percocets, but, I managed responsibly. I wasn't yeah. one of those, you know, pill poppers. You know, like, oh, I'm gonna take four. That's screwed. I'll take eight. I was never that guy. You know, I had an important job, and people's lives were in my hands, so to speak. I mean, you're operating a an excavator, and you know, people are inches away from your. It, it, it's yeah, you got to be on your toes. You can't be high and. I'm operating pain all the time. So it was kind of, it was different. (laughs) I've actually busted a, a, on an excavator, there's two controls, right and left hand. I've actually snapped a controller right out of the, right out of the controller spasming. It just was trying to move a pallet at the same time I was spasming and it just, I just snapped it off. Now that was a little hard to explain, (laughs) but I did it for years, you know, and what that last fall is what really, really did me in. The amputation was horrible. I don't know what my doctor was thinking. I mean, I do, but as a neurologist, my opinion, and I mean, he kind of should have known a little better. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but the more research I've done, the more I was shaking my head thinking, like, what were you thinking? You know, I... Because I dealt with it for years, and then when they, you know, when it was locked up, I kind of got look. At, the idea to me was it, it made sense in my head. You know, I, I did my research on prosthetic. I looked at, you know, I looked at people, and Jesus, they looked pretty normal. They walked better than I did with my leg crooked. My my kids were like, Dad, that's cool. You should get that one. 
if somebody would have said to me, we're going to do the amputation, but you could possibly become worse if you do this. I would have said, yeah, no, no, I'll walk with crutches the rest of my life. I would have been fine with that. This, like, oh, Carl, this is the worst thing. Like, for anybody that ever, if, I don't know if anybody's ever going to listen to this, but please don't, don't ever consider surgical options. Like, I, I'm begging you, don't, oh, God, don't do it. Like, just, it's a great idea, yeah. The, I mean, the technology for prosthetics is amazing, but you don't know what's what's in there. Like, what yeah. nerve are sending the signal to your head saying, "Let's shake," or you know, you know, and to screw with them even more was a stupid idea, just stupid. And I, it makes me angry every time now I go see my neurologist and talk about because i'm very polite i'm not a i'm not an asshole anymore so (laughs) his stories about his family you know his kids are in europe i can i can't do that i'll never be able to afford to do that for my kids anymore like i was making 625 625 bucks a day before i got hurt they bumped me down to like oh like 40 40 because they cut my thing saying i wasn't uh, full-time i'm seasonal I've never took a day off, like ever. So it's like you, you son of a bitch. And say, mm-hmm. my company threw me under the bus because I went on WCB. They wanted me to go and say that I fell at my house and collect private insurance. So when my wife said, uh, "Yeah, no," they just totally shit on me, totally dropped like. Uh, it was unbelievable, actually. Um, so that was a little disappointing, too, because then we were totally on our own then. And people, you lose touch with everybody, right? Like, you know, I got Facebook and, and uh, my Instagram, but I, I really don't have friends because I don't really want people to see me like this all the time. Not just that, but people's lives... I, I'm still friends with the people I was friends with when I was working. So they're still squatting, they're still hunting, they're they're going boating, they're, they're you know, and yeah, it just it bothers me. Not so much for me, but my son, you know, like we were just starting. I just bought brand new quads right before I got hurt, and we ended up selling everything because. You know, what are we? We can't. I can't ride. So it took their passion away too, right? So yeah, it it, it was a bad thing that the that they brought to me. I guess not surgical is is definitely not the way to go. If there was a way to disconnect the nerves in the back of your neck, I'd say it's perfect. <laughs> you know, you're talking about. You're talking about a signal that's getting mixed up in your brain. The brain, we really don't know the whole. To think that everybody's dystonia would affect the same parts of the brain, I, I just can't see it. How do you, how do you, how do you come up with a medical cure or 
even yeah. try to make it better when everybody's is a little different. So, yeah, I, I could see the dilemma in the research. I really can. And I thought the same thing. I asked I asked my neurologist, can't you cut my, my, ner- my nerves or something? <laughs> it is what it is. I, I mean, I've accepted the fact that I'm the way I am, but it still doesn't make it easier. Like, what, what's going to happen when I'm 65 and I got to retire? I don't have a pot to piss in. I can't, I can't get a savings. Like I should, mm-hmm. you know, I'll show you my bank and it'd be, I bet you I got $300 in my bank because you just can't live. When I was making good money, like $625 a day here in Canada is good money. You know, you're living, a, we lived a good life, you know, and, and now it's very simple. You know, we're in a duplex, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's changed every, every aspect. All from a bad decision is the way I'm looking at it now is just, yeah, from a bad decision that my doctor should have known better. You're a neurologist. You know what's back there. So mm-hmm. what would you think that screwing with nerves would be okay? You know, that's the way I... Way I see. It. I mean, I'm not a smart person. Like, I got a bad. I got like a grade five education, so I'm. I was never really bright <laughs> to begin with. To, it's hard for me to do the, the the proper research, you know that that I really needed to do before my amputation. And I was just. I was too trusting. He was looking out for my best interests. But at the time, I feel like, you know, I feel kind of cut short, I guess. is he would have spent a couple of days just researching it a little bit more than you would have been like, yeah, that's not a good idea. My, my foot was always inverted. And once in a while, like, I could get it to relax. It's not that mm-hmm. it was always stuck. When I went to him, it was stuck at that point. So I, I think possibly we should have just gave it some more Botox. And just waiting to see what happened. But mm-hmm. I just feel that he kind of, well, this is a great decision. Let's just go with it and uh, we're good to go. Never bothered with it again. Whereas if you would have said, oh, let's do the, let's do an amputation. And then, you know, a couple of days later, you scratch his head going, you know, I wonder if that was a good idea. Let's check into that. You know, here in Alberta, the doctors are so overrun. That they they don't have the proper time to spend with you to really to do the research that they need to do. Like, I mean, to get an appointment with my doctor takes me three months. That's you know that's just to get Botox. My Botox again. So the doctors are just over overrun and they bitch because they're over underpaid, right? So that's where I kind of got lost was the pissing match between the doctors and the government. And that's that's how I honestly feel. Um, but at the end of the day, I made the decision. I let them do it, so it's on me. I'm just picking up the pieces, you know, so to speak. I make sure my kids have what they, what they want. I'll try to get them. I spend, I have to take, I pay for all my own medications. So right now, there's a big opiate thing. I don't know if it's like that where you live but um opiates are a huge epidemic here they've clamped on all the doctors to, to get uh, 
I mean, to get meds, even my doctor, my pain doctor is seven hours away. That's because I couldn't find another doctor to deal with me. You know, I went to a pain clinic. They said it's in my head. <laughs> if you stop taking your pills, your dystonia will diminish. And I'm like, I'm leaving now. I got uh, five kids and three grandkids. They they keep me smiling. That's what keeps keeps me going. Because life has definitely uh, definitely changed. But uh, you know, we make the best of what we can, what we have. I got a power wheelchair. Whether I'm feeling good or not, I'll, I'll go. I'll take the kids around the block or something on their bike and stuff. Last year was the first time I've been able to ride with my daughter on a bike. So that was amazing for me because it was the first time I really got to bond. The power wheelchairs definitely free things. We got a van now um, to put the wheel to, so I can just get my uh, wheelchair in there. It really changed their lives too. But everything costs. Like I have to buy my own pills, like I was saying, because they don't believe in opiates here. So I'm paying for those plus cannabis. I'm spending about fourteen hundred a month with with uh, just my pills and my can. My cannabis is about thousand dollars because it's not cheap, you know. Like I don't smoke flour. I smoke uh, what do you call it? Uh, concentrates, which is which comes in little little jars like this, and it's uh, basically a reformed method of of cannabis they they uh extract a bunch of the thc from the plant if i take two two puffs of that that's basically equal to like uh, a joint and it doesn't smell like weed and it's very very strong like it, it you know the first time i tried it a friend brand weed the first time to get me to because at the yeah. time, I was on a lot of meds, and sometimes I would drool because I was so messed up. So my friend came and tried the weed, and I couldn't stand it. I was coughing, and yeah. but it did help. He said, okay, well, the weed's not going to work for you, and she she hates the smell. A couple of days later, he brought uh, um, shatter, it's called. It's another form of cannabis, and it's like a concentrate, and I put it in a pen. Okay, that's that's way better. That's what I'm talking about. But we sat the kids down. We gave gave them a choice. Do you want that on the pills or on the, on the on the cannabis? And they chose the cannabis. So it, it was a bit of a process, but I, I came down on my pills and went up with my cannabis. And eventually, I, I'm the way I am now. Like, if I took more pills, Carl, I wouldn't be jolting and I wouldn't be as bad. But at okay. the same time, I'd be pretty dumb. You, you know, you got the nods, you know, the typical pain nods, over-medicated. That's what I would have to be to be to feel somewhat normal where I'm not bouncing around. And the kids, just, they don't want that. Like, that's embarrassing. They want, yeah, exactly, right? The, for Christmas concerts. And and a lot of the times, I, I I feel embarrassed for the kids. So I'll tell them, like, I don't have to go, guys. Like, I'm, and they, they'll get mad at me. Like, they'll, no, like, they they love their dad. Bouncing, shaking, it doesn't matter. Um, 
My son's the same. He'll be, uh, Dad, don't worry, I got you. So he's, you know, they're good kids. They're, they're really good kids. My, uh, even my oldest son, he just turned 30. And he, he actually moved back to the house. He lives with us now just, just to help. Because there's been a few times where I've gotten stuck in the tub because I couldn't get out at the same time as I'm. Because when I get really bad spasms, I, let, I hold my leg. And I, I don't know what it is, but the more pressure I put, the more control I kind of have over the jolts, which is kind of weird. I don't know if it's putting pressure on the nerves and it, it seems to help so I'll, I'll squeeze and trying to get out of a tub when you're doing that makes it hard as hell <laughs> so my son's here because he, he needs a big boy he's six foot he's got to be six two close to 300 pounds so he's a big big boy so right. he's we're very family oriented like now especially because of what since this has happened but i'm blessed I, I, mean, I really am. I'm truly blessed that I, I have the life. I, I mean, I could be worse, right? I could be by myself. I could, my family, this, look, people can, I, I don't see a lot of people sticking around. A lot of spouses getting my lunches, my, my dinners, my, you know, it, it's making sure my pills are done, making sure that the, the lister packed them right at the pharmacy. You know, it's, it's a lot, you know, and it's something I can't do my, on my own. So everything's on her. Getting the kids ready, getting the kids, it, it gets, it's it's a lot on on your spouse. It's a lot of pressure, and uh, yeah, I, I really think if I had somebody else, I don't think I would. I, I think I'd be on my own. I really do. I'm just very lucky. Um, she's changed my life twice, so she's she's a good girl, man. <laughs> uh, I used to be a bad boy back in the day, and I met her in a video store. Ever since then, she kept me out of trouble, and I never went. I'm from Montreal, and I came out here just to to lay low at my dad's. <laughs> he lived in a little village, so I just went there to lie low, and I ended up. Know, bored so what do you do you read videos <laughs> yep and that's where i met her so uh, yeah she changed my life then and she's still doing it now so i'm i'm lucky man it's been really really nice meeting you yeah for sure brother it was a real pleasure talking to you i um i can't stress how lovely it was to talk to Eugene and how much I enjoyed having that chat with him and listening to his experience. There was about 30 minutes that were actually removed from the podcast, which was just myself and Eugene chatting about things and talking about life in general. With this being the first podcast and with me just sort of trying the water and seeing how I want this show to go forward I thought we would I would just keep it trimmed down to his story and his journey with dystonia Um, I'm very interested anyone listening out there about your feedback on this whether you would like to hear 
you know, the general chat that happens as well um, outside of the uh, stories, just, just to give me an idea of how you see this podcast or how you would like this podcast to go. I'm doing this podcast for all of my dystonia brothers and sisters out there and people whose lives that are affected by dystonia. Um, this is not my podcast, this is our podcast. So I'd very much, you know, love to have your input on this. If you'd like to be on the podcast and you'd like to share your story, um, please do get in touch with me. You can either get me at the Warriors of Dystonia website, which is warriorsofdystonia.wordpress.com. You can also find me on Instagram. Just look up Warriors of Dystonia. And I'm also on Facebook under Warriors of Dystonia as well. So thank you so much for listening. And again, Eugene, mate, thank you so much. It was an absolute honor. I loved it. Um, All the best to you and your family. And take care, everyone that's listening.